Swing and a line drive, left field. Ben and Teddy coming on, dives, and did he make the catch? He did. He got it. Here we go. It's time to party. Right here. Three two. Welcome to Benny and the Bets Podcast. Can you believe it? Here's your host, Terry Cushman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first edition of our MLB playoff coverage. This is the first episode. We will be going through the American League side of the bracket, just covering the wild card rounds this episode. So we're going to start off with some Blue Jays Rays talk with predictions, White Sox A's talk with predictions, Astros Twins talk with predictions, and finally, saving the juiciest series for last, the Yankees-Indians, and we will give our predictions for that. Tomorrow night, we'll do the National League side, and we'll cover it all the way through the playoffs, round by round, covering the American League side of it all the way through uh, with me throughout the month of October. We'll be Charlie Smith and Aaron Graves. How are you, gentlemen? I'm doing good. How are you, Terry? Not too bad. Good to good to have you here, Aaron. I uh, some of the other sports have fizzled out, you know, at least as far as Boston goes. So um, baseball for me is back to the forefront. Yep. I'm with you, Terry. I was super excited. I mean, this this has been a fantastic year for Boston sports. Nothing's gone wrong. It's been great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing at all. Nothing at no. all. So, no Red Sox again for the second year in a row, but I'm kind of a baseball purist. I I like baseball. I like meaningful games and we're going to we're going to get some nice matchups and for the first time in MLB history, we're going to have eight teams playing best two out of three series in this first round, including the highest seed. So everybody is in this first round. Anybody can win a three-game series. doesn't matter who, how. You know, it's it's short and, and anything can happen. In theory, the best team should win a best four out of seven, you know, with a bigger sample size. But um, it's definitely going to be an intense few days and there's no off days uh in any of these series just three straight games and uh you know home teams will will have them at their stadiums so uh getting right into it the blue jays and rays charlie why don't you go ahead and lead us off what are your thoughts on that series well here's the thing i've uh I've been super, super happy with Toronto. And I remember earlier this year, we'd, uh, we had done, you know, kind of cover your favorite player from each team. And it was actually the Toronto Blue Jays that I struggled with the most. You know, we were obviously biased for the Red Sox, for the Yankees. It's kind of, you know, not too hard to pick a guy that you hate and 
relatively easy to pick someone who's decent. But the Toronto Blue Jays are actually, in my opinion, one of the more fun teams before the season started. As the season kind of went and, and carried on, it was uh, the Padres that kind of took over the, the fun team that everyone wanted to see them play. But uh, offensively, they have a bunch of rookies that their dads all played in the 90s, and I enjoyed watching all of them play. So that was my team going into this year. Like, I, I really hope that they make the playoffs. I hope that they do well. The difference, though, is they're facing a team that has superb pitching, and pitching is what wins games, and pitching is what you need in the playoffs. So um, when you look at that first matchup, uh, you know, you have someone who's got a lot of – someone who scares you and someone that, you know, he could have a good performance – so the first game of this series, I mean, it, you you'd be you'd be kind of foolish to, to bet against Blake Snell and Tampa Bay. I think I think Tampa Bay has the edge in this series based on pitching alone. Aaron, uh, I'm going to agree with what Charlie said. It's I also really enjoyed watching the Toronto Blue Jays. I hate to admit that a division rival might be my second favorite team to watch play, but it's probably the Toronto Blue Jays. I love the young lineup. I love the defense. Really, it's just a fun team. But what I don't love is their pitching. And if you compare their pitching staff to the Rays pitching staff, it's not even close. Even though at the trade deadline, it felt like the Blue Jays essentially traded for an entire starting rotation other than Ryu, but... Even then, I don't trust Walker. Ray was bad all year, and I just... I want to root for the Blue Jays, but it's going to be a tough battle for them, I think. If they don't want to... I know three games, anything can happen, but it'll be tough, I think. I'll say, and I'll say this much, too, about Toronto. Toronto became a much more likable team as soon as Marcus Stramon left. Stramon <laughs> was just terrible. I, I, I couldn't stand him as a, as a baseball player, let alone a human being. Just, just be <laughs> done with him. And, and as soon as he left, Toronto became more likable. It wasn't, oh, yeah, the Canadian team. It was like, no, Toronto, the boys from Toronto. You actually enjoyed watching them play because I, it, I hated watching Marcus Stroman to the point where I was just hoping and wishing that the Yankees would add him so I had a reason to really hate him more. He just ended up joining the wrong New York team. That's all. Yeah. Um, and hopefully he doesn't join the wrong Boston team next year. Um, <laughs> Char Charlie and I aren't fans. Uh, I know Jason Kelly, uh, not a fan. Uh, Andrew uh, is a fan, so um, he, he would be the lone happy guy, you know, if Stroman came to Boston. But... He went to the Mets. That's fitting, you know. He deserves to be on the Mets, so I uh, I don't miss him. But uh, getting into this series here, Tampa's just the much more balanced team all the way across the board. They're a very good contact hitting team. They've got three legit aces in their uh, rotation, all of whom are going to be making starts in this series. And they got a good bullpen. And if by any chance one of their starting pitchers just doesn't have it, they have a very deep bullpen to go to whenever they want. So 
it's a nightmare of a team. If the Red Sox were in the playoffs, the Rays would be the last team I'd want to face, regardless of how the regular season went. They can just keep anyone off balance. And with the matchups here, I was a little surprised. I just pulled up Matt Shoemaker's uh, stats for, for the year, and he's only had one start where he's given up more than three earned runs, and that was uh, against the Blue Jays on August 4th. So he's actually been pitching very well, so he's going to get the Game 1 start against Snell. And uh, in Game 2, we've got arguably, well, not arguably, you know, Hunjin Ryu, you know, the big free agent acquisition the Blue Jays um, made over the winter against Tyler Glass now. Glasnow's rattled off. He would have, let's see, uh, seven quality starts in a row, but there was one start in there, ironically, against the Red Sox, where he did give up four earned runs, but two of those earned runs came in the seventh inning. I think, if I remember right, Arroyo got to him and hit a dinger, and you know that that's how the, the second of the, the four runs came, but... But this is definitely, you know, I would say a much more favorable matchup for the Rays. I know they destroyed the Yankees all season long, so I'm not sure who they would have preferred to play, the Jays or the Yankees. But, but I think this is a is a pretty lopsided matchup. So, Charlie, what what is your prediction? And I think... Sorry, that was me (laughs) muted again. Uh, I I did this yesterday, too. I start talking and I I mute myself after I talk every single time just in case to be mindful. It's a good Uh, habit. I think it's a good habit to have. So I'm going to say this much. I think Tampa Bay is really one of the only teams in the American League, and Terry mentioned this already, Tampa Bay is the only team that could have a bad start and not have to worry. Because of that, and I, and I strongly have said this before in the past, pitching is what wins ball games. And Terry mentioned this already. They have a deep bullpen. They have a deep starting rotation. Their starting rotation is also one of the only ones that I would actually say is scary. I don't want to face Tampa Bay. Luckily, I don't have to worry about it. But Toronto's going to have to worry about it. And here's the other thing. Toronto has a lot of rookies. Rookies that have never seen some of these guys or that have seen them in limited roles, limited capacities, only a couple times in their lives. Tampa Bay's got guys that have been pitching for four to five years. They're going to know what to do, how to make transitions, how to tweak their work. They have a little bit more experience. I say Tampa Bay wins this series. Anybody who goes the other way, you either know the future or I don't know what to say. But I think Tampa Bay's got the edge in this one. How many games? See, now if Al was on this call, he would say three games, but I'm going to say two. Okay, excellent. And uh, Aaron, uh, go ahead and give a prediction. Um, I'm going to say, obviously I'm going to go with the Rays, but I will say that it'll be in three. I think that the Blue Jays can get game two because... 
I think that Ryu is a better pitcher than Glass now. And from watching Glass now in the past, if things begin to not go the way for Tyler Glass now, he tends to get kind of emotional when he's on the mound. I remember a game last year when Boston hit him hard, and you just see him screaming in the dugout. So I think that with even though they're young, I think the Blue Jays lineup can get to Glass now to the point where it doesn't matter if the bullpen is good or not. So I think the Blue Jays will get game two, but Raisins. I, I have a question. Is Al sitting next to you? Did he tell you to say three games? <laughs> no, I he don't. He is not. Al, I do not think, is in the state of Maine right now, where we both reside. Um, I'm going to say... I'll say Raisin 2. I'm comfortable enough that that Glass now is, is in a groove. And I just... I love the good contact hitting of, of Tampa. And I think they're going to be scrappy. I think they're going to make a lot of Toronto's pitchers look bad. And if I'm wrong, you know, it would go to Game 3. And they're going to have a very experienced postseason pitcher and, and Charlie Morton to, to pitch that game. But I don't think it gets that far. I'm going to say the Raisin too as well. But regardless, we're, we're all unanimous uh, for the Rays in this series. Uh, getting into the second matchup, which will be fun. I don't know what the schedule is for all these, and this it wouldn't be impossible for me to remember them all. But but the White Sox will be playing in Oakland, so that it's definitely going to be three West Coast games here. But go ahead, Charlie. This is a, a very interesting matchup between two teams that are just dying, you know, to have a, a deep postseason run. So, what are your thoughts on it? So. Oakland was one of the more exciting teams this year too. They ended up finishing their um, they ended up finishing their season on a win, but they were also the second best team in the American League at home. This is going to be one of those series where people, you know, people may think, oh, it's just the Oakland, it's the Chicago White Sox, it's two teams that no one really cares about. Oakland really torched a lot of teams that they played against. It didn't seem to matter who they faced. They were just lights out. Now, outside of Jose Abreu, if you shut down Jose Abreu, I'm not really intimidated by the Chicago White Sox offense. I'm just not. Like, Eloy Jimenez is really good, too. You have those two guys. Um, Tim Anderson's also really good. So you, you do have three players, but there were a lot of players that really bombed this year, and I was expecting them to do really well. Edwin Encarnacion didn't do anything. Yon Mancada, garbage. And then pitching-wise, I think outside of Lucas Giolito and um, Dallas Keuchel, there was nothing else to, to ride home about. When when you have the Oakland A's, you look at the stats for some of the players that some of them had. Matt Olson had a crap load of home runs, but hit very poorly. I'm torn because I thought that Oakland, Oakland would have just won it all. I, I thought I, I felt very good about it. But Matt Chapman is done for the season. That changes things. So I'm torn on this one because uh, I think it's uh, they got Zeus pitching the first game, right? Lozardo's starting it off. Uh, that's correct. Yep. 
He's pitching uh, against Giolito. Yep. Uh, so Giolito's going to win the first game. The second game, I imagine Oakland would have Chris Bassett pitching. I don't think he's injured. And then probably, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe Manaya fires would pitch. I don't know. I'm not sure who they'd have in the three slot. Um, the White Sox behind um, the White Sox behind Giolito. You have Keuchel. Keuchel did well too. I think if Chapman wasn't injured, I would give the edge to Oakland. Oakland is, I think, on paper a better team, but I think Chicago's bullpen, I think their their closer both teams have impactful closers. I, I honest to God, I don't know I don't know which way to go. It's gonna go three games. I think Chicago will win game one. I think Oakland will win game two, and game three will be won by whichever team uh, has the better pitching performance because I don't think it's going to be an offensive onslaught. Game one and game two are going to be low-scoring games. I think it's going to be a low-scoring series, but it's going to end up being whichever closer blows the save. It'll go to three. I'm going to go with... Oh, my God. I... It pains me to say Chicago on this because I really want to say Oakland. My initial instinct was go Oakland because of Matt Chap. I like Chapman. I'm going to go with Oakland in three, and it hurts me to say it because part of me is saying, why don't you go Chicago? I'm going to go Oakland in three. All right. There was some rattling around. You could hear the background noise if someone could figure that out. Um, Aaron, what, what are your thoughts on the series? Um, it's tough because I'm also with Charlie. If Chapman was playing, I'm going to Oakland all day, every day, maybe to go to the World Series. But without him, the Oakland lineup is definitely not as good as it would be with him. Um, I really like the A's. They're fun. They're energetic. And I don't like how the White Sox have been trending. They really finished the season on a downward Downward spiral. Moncada was horrible all year. Abreu's good, but you need more than a player to win in the playoffs. And I like Giolito, but I really don't know if I trust Keuchel or whoever else the White Sox are going to throw. So, yeah, I, Keuchel's going game two for sure after Giolito in the first game. And then the, the third game, it's, both teams uh, don't have a, a listed starter yet. That So I, I'm, this, is, this is what is really hard. So that rocking back and forth is me going back and forth rocking in my chair because I'm like, Oakland, Chicago, Oakland, Chicago, <laughs> Oakland, Chicago. So for the listeners, that was my rocking chair, literally. Um, I, I'm with you. There are so many um, there are so many issues in this series that if everything was going according to plan, everyone would say Oakland. But there were so many things that didn't happen that should have happened or unforeseen circumstances like an injury that changed the the outcome. But I mean, Oakland was my favorite from the beginning of the season before some teams got hot and people thought I was crazy. I think my favorite team to watch was still Toronto, but Oakland was just ridiculous yeah i mean they they had a you know a 
favorable division, though. I mean, the second place team we'll get to in the next series. The Astros had a had a losing record, but you know, Oakland is a very well balanced team for sure. Um, go ahead with your your official prediction, though, Aaron. How how many games? I'm gonna say Oakland in three. Oakland in three. I don't trust the White Sox with how bad they were to close. I don't. I have no faith in the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, I mean, Giolito has he's had a good year. Uh, I think all but one was a a quality start, basically. And the impressive thing about it is that the both the central divisions ended up being the toughest in baseball. I mean, in the AL Central there, you had three teams above uh, 30 wins, and Giolito, you know, was a beast the whole season. So, you know, that's going to be a tough matchup for Oakland there. And then Game 2, I think Bassett definitely has an edge over Keuchel. Bassett was third in the American League as far as, uh, you know, his ERA goes and Keuchel's coming off of an injury, but pitched pretty well his last couple of starts. Does have a lot of postseason experience, though. But this is a tough one. It really is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Oakland. I think it's probably gonna be three games as well. Like Aaron mentioned, the the White Sox really scuffled coming down the stretch, losing nine of their last 12 games. I think Oakland is just sick of being bounced out of the playoffs the last several years in a row. You know, I don't have their exact win total this year, but they've been very close to a hundred wins. I think they had 97 wins two seasons in a row and the Yankees took them out in the, in the wild card uh, game and, Oh, actually, well, the Rays did it last year. Uh, my bad. But I think being in Oakland also plays to their advantage as well. So I'm going to say the Rays, uh, excuse me, the Oakland A's in uh, three as well. But that's going to be an interesting series, and I, I'm hoping to catch some of those games depending on you know whether they're day or uh, evening games. Uh, we're just kind of rolling right through this, which is good. Uh, Astros Twins next, probably the least sexy of all of the matchups here. But Charlie, how do you how do you see this one playing out? Astros losing in three. <laughs> I just want to see the Houston Astros to play three games and suck. Uh, we know they're going to lose that series. Offensively, this team was a joke. Uh, It's really hard to hit the baseball when you don't know what pitch is coming. Yes, people haven't forgotten, folks. Uh, This is is the deal. Um, The Houston Astros had one guy that had more than 10 home runs. Excuse me, more than nine home runs. Jose Altuve was a non-factor this year, folks. Only hit 219. Carlos Correa this year hit 264. The boy that everybody can't stand hit under 250. These are the guys that had really great years, but again, we know why, and now it's all out there. Bregman was garbage. They also have no, and I'm sorry, Terry, because I know you got a hard-on for him, 
there's no Justin Verlander in the playoffs this year, folks, which means that that's one leader that this team is not going to have on that team. It doesn't matter who you have outside of Zach Greinke, who also didn't do that great this year. An ERA over four, not something to write home about. I think their best pitcher was, um, wasn't McCullers. It might have been McCullers. I don't, I don't remember. They were so unmemorable. They were so unlikable. So I have Minnesota blasting through the Astros in three. And I think it's kind of like a cat, like kind of toying with an injured in an injured animal. Like they know they're going to win the series and they're just going to toy with them. Um, the Minnesota Twins had four guys who had more than 10 home runs. You had Rosario, who's a stud and one of the most untalked about players in baseball because of the market he plays for. If you put Eddie Rosario in L.A. or New York, that guy's going to have one of the highest selling jerseys. Super underrated. Nelson Cruz, the ageless wonder, continues to hit home runs. He had over 300 this year. Again, another great season. Byron Buxton, another player that if he was in another market, would get a lot of love. These are players that I draft in fantasy baseball that no one knows about, and it blows my mind away. Miguel Sanu also is, is similar. He's, he's boomer bust. But when he booms, the balls still haven't landed yet. That's how hard he hits the baseball. And uh, I'm not even ta- we haven't even gotten to pitching. You have Jose Barrios, who, who was just stupid good, and Ken Tamayeda, who also I think did incredibly well this year. I think you, if you have Jose Barrios three... You could put him away in two, put Maeda second, or you have Maeda third. It doesn't matter. Minnesota's winning this series in three. And that's it. Aaron. Okay, so I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. Like everybody else on this podcast, I hate the Houston Astros. <laughs> so I'll just give you my prediction up front. I'm going Twins in two, not because one because I hate the Astros and want to see them get embarrassed in two games and not even come close to winning anything. But like Charlie said, the the Twins lineup is amazing. Like, just think about this: give the Twins lineup and tell them that they know every pitch that's coming. I think that they make that Astros team look horrible. Like, if you put that and put the Twins as the team that just with a trash can, that Twins team is going to put up, like, 14 runs a game. It's going to be incredible. But not the point. The, no Verlander. The Astros hitters have miraculously become bad again. Not much of a miracle, but whatever. And it's just, I don't, the Astros are so, I don't even know if they deserve to be in the playoffs, like. In my opinion, they're the worst team in the playoffs. So that's, that's where I'm at, and I don't see there any way that the Astros win this, and the Twins are going to embarrass them. And I'll be they're, very disappointed. Yeah, they're one of the they're one of the only two teams with a losing record in the playoffs, and it's only because we have extended standings. Otherwise, they're not in it, folks. It's them and the Brew Crew with the only losing records. That's it. I'm going to have some thoughts on the Brew Crew tomorrow on that show. Um, I don't, I, the Astros aren't going to win this series, but even if they did, I don't, I don't think Manfred would be embarrassed by it, but you know, if the Brewers happen to beat the 
the Dodgers, then he's going to be extremely embarrassed. And even even if they don't beat him, just say the Brewers win game one, it's going to be a very agonizing game two and three for Manfred. So we'll, I, I actually do want to ask you guys about this whole format here, but let's just let's just wrap up the, um, the matchups here before we do get into that. Um, my official prediction here is also the Twins in two games. Kenta Maeda, best season of his career by far. His ERA was in the mid-twos. They've got one of the most robust offenses in, in Major League Baseball, like Charlie pointed out. Their bullpen isn't too bad. The Astros are just a mess. Grinky got killed you know, basically the whole month of September just utterly destroyed ERA north of five. And so I just, I don't think that plays very well with Maeda. And I just think, I just think the twins are the much better balanced team. They're going to, they're going to hit, you know, they're, they're coming off of, you know, really good momentum and the Astros sputtered down the stretch. I just don't see it happening. And then in game two, they have either Valdez or, or Quiddy. His name's hard to pronounce. Um, both of them are basically spot starters on a normal rotation. And uh, they're going up against Barrios, who is long been thought to be a, a potential ace. He he hasn't quite had that, you know, that lights out season yet, but still a, a very quality starter. And I just don't see this sputtering Astros team managing to do a whole lot with with Minnesota. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna say Twins in two as well. I I, I think it's gonna be a bloodbath in in Minnesota. So. Uh, getting into the final matchup of the wild card round, Red Sox fans are, are definitely Indians fans in this round as they uh, go up against the Yankees. The series will be in Cleveland, though. Um, Charlie, how, how do you see this one playing out? Oh, uh, this one I see. Um... I kind of picture like Aaron Judge making this mistake again and playing the New York, New York after like the first <laughs> game. But unfortunately, they're probably gonna have to wait until game two to do that. Um, I am so excited for this matchup with with Cole and the Beebs facing each other. That you have literally someone who uh, <laughs> came very close to winning a World Series. And you have someone who had arguably the best numbers uh, in a season. And who knows what would have happened. This this is someone that could have had like Pedro-esque numbers. We'll never know. We'll never know. Shane Bieber was striking out 14.2 per nine innings. That's just dumb. That's just stupid. And he went 8-1 and one in 12 starts this year. Did I mention that's stupid? Oh, wait <laughs> for it. 1.63 ERA. So the series already starts at game two because the Indians automatically won game one. That's how confident I feel about this team. You also have uh, a team that, again, ended on a win streak. 
did a little bit better than the Yankees, which were like buckshot, potpourri. You don't know where it's going to go, and you don't know how they're going to do. If you can shut down either Luke Voigt or DJ LeMayhew, it's it's done. It's over. Now, you if you were to say prior to trading prior to trading away Mike Clevenger, Indians in three, I would have called you soft. I would have said, "Yup, you're taking the the cheat bet because duh, three games and you have that rotation. That's just stupid." Clevenger gone makes Cleveland in three a little bit more like, oh, okay, I see you. If you say Cleveland in two, I want to know what you're smoking and where I can get some, not for me, but for some friends. <laughs> and if you think that the Yankees are winning this in three, you're probably a Yankees fan. I, I, I just, Cleveland's team right now, um, that's the second team that I don't want to face. Jose Ramirez, no thank you. No, just no. Absolutely not. And um, Brad Hand closing out games, Brad Hand hasn't given up a home run all year. So in in my eyes, you have the ninth inning. You give that to Brad twice, you're probably going to get three, maybe four strikeouts. You might maybe allow a hit or two. I I still, I mean, I'm sorry, but you got Plesak, you got Bieber, you got um, Cookie. How can you how can you root for a team that's opposing someone? when they have a guy on their team nicknamed Cookie. I mean, come on. Who? And also, if you're a baseball fan and you don't like Carlos Carrasco, I would question your morality. Uh, the guy has literally overcome everything. I'm going to say Cleveland in three. Uh, and the reason for that being is uh, I don't know who else wins the game outside of Plesak and Bieber. Uh, Bieber and Plesak had an ERA of 2.28. That's another. That's just stupid, too. Come on. I'll shut up now. So what's the official? Cleveland in three? Cleveland in three. Okay. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, how does Aaron have it? Um, I know Terry knows. Charlie doesn't know. But I love this Cleveland Indians team so much. I said at the beginning of the year at our preseason podcast, the Cleveland Indians are going to surprise people this year. I've, I think Brad Hand is probably... If I had to pick a closer in the AL, I will take Brad Hand. I love Brad Hand. I love his stuff. It's great. I love... Bieber has had one of the best seasons in my lifetime that I've been able to watch, at least since I became a baseball fan. I mean, I know I'm the young one here, but that's besides the point. Um... <sighs> I love Plesak. If Clev- if Clevenger was still there, Indians in two would be definitely how I want to go. But he's not. And honestly, there is nothing more that I want than for this series to go to three and for the Yankees to start J.A. half in game three and make it so they're stuck with him for another year because I feel bad for anybody who has to watch J.A. half pitch that much. And I wish him on nobody except for the New York Yankees. It's so true. And they don't have a – the Yankees don't have a Game 3 starter listed right now. Um, it could it could very well be Hap. So. Uh, He's on nine starts. In the tenth start, his option is kicked in for next year. <laughs> so here's here's another thing too. So if if Cole has his uh, his personal catcher, 
Um, you know, I've, I've looked at numbers and another another shout out. We've had, you know, diehard Yankees fans. I actually correspond with quite a few of them on Twitter, on Instagram. And uh, we have one in particular uh, who is a huge fan of, of Jason. Not really, but that's okay. So, so Rocco actually mentioned that when, um, and I, I feel bad, I may be butchering his name, um, Higashioka. Higashioka, yeah. So Higashioka, yep. um, when he catches for Cole, the games go a lot more, they, they just go a lot better. So if, um, if, that's, if, he's got his personal, if he's got his personal catcher, we could be in for one of the best playoff matchups for two starting pitchers that we have seen in a long time. And I know that uh, Terry and I are a little bit older, um, and we've seen some pretty nice playoff matchups. This will be one that uh, we may not forget. And it's been a while since I've said that. Um, I, I, and that's that's it. That's all I got to say. Because, um, yeah, these are two fantastic starting pitchers. Well, as of two hours ago, Gary Sanchez has, in fact, been benched for game one. So Higashioka will be catching Garrett Cole. And you heard throughout the season that Garrett Cole says he loves when Sanchez catches him and everyone else tries to say good things about Sanchez catching him when everybody knows Higashioka has to be the guy. <laughs> you know, that way Garrett Cole can throw that, you know, that nasty breaking stuff and you know, because Sanchez can't, you know, can't always stop it. And apparently that was an issue against the Red Sox in twenty eighteen. I think Maldonado was catching Cole and Cole just didn't trust his off-speed stuff to be caught by him and and you know Red Sox ended up winning that game. I think that was game 2, but but he's got his catcher tomorrow. I love the Indians pitching just as much as Aaron does. Um this could game 1 could potentially be an all-time pitchers duel one of the best we've ever seen you know two of the nastiest guys Cole's been there he's done that he pitched in game seven last year I think he gave up just one run two at the most he basically pitched a gem and and then the bullpen uh coughed it up and the Nationals won the game and the championship but but the moment isn't gonna get to Garrett Cole I don't know if it's going to get to Bieber. There won't be any fans in the crowd, so it shouldn't be too intimidating, really. You wouldn't think there might be a bigger media presence, uh, you know, around the stadium, but that's about it. And you could go either way. You could go either way there. Um, Carrasco and Tanaka. Tanaka is one of the. I, I'm not going to say all time. He's one of the better postseason pitchers in recent memory you know of the last decade he typically does pitch very well Carrasco I do kind of worry about how he'll hold up against high-powered offenses like New York so another tough matchup if it does go to game three I love Zach Plesak I he he's going to be far and away better than what the Yankees have. I think he's dying to put all that controversy 
of the COVID situation behind him when he broke the protocols and the curfews and and ultimately got optioned down to the alternative site because of it. If he wants to erase that from people's mind, shutting down the Yankees in Game 3 would be a good way to do that. My big concern for the Indians here, they ranked 24th in Major League Baseball in runs scored. They were 23rd in the batting average category, 27th in RBIs, 27th in home runs. They were tied for third in walks, so apparently they were good there. And, you know, because of the lack of hits, their their on-base percentage was 19th in the league. They struggle offensively. So that doesn't look good. What they do have going for them is after losing literally eight games in a row, they went on to win nine out of their last 11 games. So they're coming in hot. The Yankees sputtered. They lost six out of eight. Did not look good against the Miami Marlins. So if it's momentum, you kind of have to give the edge to Cleveland. There's a few guys on the team that coughed up that 2-0 lead against the Yankees in 2017. I think I think they're kind of itching to to put that behind them and I think they want to go deep and I think the city of Cleveland wants to finally have a championship, the first one since 1948. So many other clubs have, you know, broken their curses whether it's the Red Sox or the Cubs. The Royals won their first championship and a few decades uh, in 2015. The Astros, albeit highly controversially, probably should have been stripped of it, won their first ever in 2017. I think Cleveland wants to be the next team to, to snap their streak. I'm just going on gut feeling here. You can make a solid case either way. I like the Indians a little bit better. I like their pitching a little bit better. And they're playing at home. And I hate the fact that Francona won't be managing in the playoffs. But Sandy Alomar's done a good job. And, you know, this is a great opportunity for him if he wants to get a managing job. That Detroit job, is that's a destination team. And that's open right now. And a lot of potential candidates have their eye on it because they've got all their prospects up. They're probably going to be ready to spend money. So, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, a guy like Alomar could could have his eye on that. And managing this team through the postseason could um, bolster his case to, to finally be a manager. He's been a candidate several times over, never gotten the job. But I'm going to say Cleveland Indians in three. I don't know how the games are going to go. If they win game one then, you know, obviously huge advantage going forward there. But um, I think they'll figure it out. And that Yankees team loves to strike out, and they're not going to be playing in their zero-gravity stadium in the Bronx, you know, where you can almost bunt a home run, uh, you know, in Yankee Stadium. So give me the Indians. Any thoughts there? Not, I, I think we agreed on what three out of four series, and as far as the the, the games, I think we all agreed. Uh, I think on two series completely, one was a two three split, and I think uh, only one person said Chicago, right? Or did we all agree Oakland? 
I went with Oakland and yeah okay yes so we all we're all on the same page I think the general consensus is that you know there are certain teams that are gonna be interesting I mean I think some people out there that are baseball fans may actually give the edge to uh to New York over Cleveland just for the sake of you know one has a, has a manager that's been around for a little bit the other one does not and that could be you know, maybe because you have an inexperienced manager, maybe Cleveland doesn't do that well. That that's that could be an argument, but I, I still I really like Cleveland, and you know, I've been a huge Brad Hand fan. I was sad to see him leave San Diego because if you had Brad Hand still in San Diego, I'm putting my chips all in San Diego this year for 2020. Yeah, I will get into it tomorrow, but I don't know if you guys are aware. Yeah. Clevenger probably done for the year with a sprained yep. elbow. Yep. So. <laughs> yep. I bet they they should have tried harder for Plesac if that was even tangible. But but yeah, okay. So unanimous all across the board. I have a feeling uh, in the next round there'll be a little bit more diversity on who picks who. But um, but yeah, and I mean some of these matches can go either way. Well, Yankees Cleveland can, and, and White Sox Oakland can. So. So th- those definitely weren't no-brainer picks, but you know, based on our observations, we went the way we went. Uh, just uh, in closing here, what do you guys want to see next year as far as what the postseason format is? I don't, I don't like this, but I'm not complaining because it's baseball and it's better than nothing. And it was a messed-up season, so if they want to make more baseball in the month of October. Okay, but I don't think it's a great product, really. Um, Charlie, what here's, are your thoughts? Here, here's the thing: when I, when I think about eight teams making the playoffs, it kind of feels like, you know, it it kind of feels like World Cup a little bit, where it's like, oh, there's there's you know eight different brackets with four teams in each. You got 32 teams, and they're going to be expanding it to 40, and pretty soon every country is going to qualify for the World Cup. And I don't really like that too much. Um, what, what I will say is this. I find it to be more exciting to have a more a more uh, impactful trade deadline. I think that makes playoffs a little bit more interesting rather than, okay, cool, uh, let's just have half of each division in. I, I don't find that to be as, as much, and I think there are going to be certain teams that will um, – not make a potential trade move, which I think is more exciting. I think people would rather see more trades and teams try to like pump it up to get into the playoffs than, okay, cool, we can kind of coast and we should be good with the seven spot. You have to ask yourself, what are you more interested in? Do you want to see more teams make it or do you want to see some more interesting trades? I would, I would vow for the more interesting trades and I hope they bring it back to six. Or five? Do you mean five, five? Five? Yeah, five. Sorry. Yeah, I I would like to see that. Um, Aaron, what would you like to see happen with next year's format? I would like to go back to the old format. I was when they announced they wanted to change it. I was like, why? I didn't ever. I never understood. The, well, I mean, I know the point. It's more money, but. I feel like it diminishes the value of being a playoff team. I've always thought the toughest sport to make the playoffs in is and the, is the MLB, and I don't want to see that diminished. With that being said, with the wonky 60-game schedule, I am, I'm completely okay with this for this year. It's something different. It's something new. It's 
for 60 games, why not? Yeah, yeah, they did so many new things this year. I mean, you got seven-inning doubleheader games, some teams playing, like, what, 13 days in a row without a day off. Just just insanity. And, you know, I, my dad and I were actually talking about it. You know, if, if they really wanted to get games in by a certain amount of time, they would have done something they haven't done in a very, very long time, which was a triple header. One game at 11, one game at, uh, I think, three or four, and the last game at seven or eight. Um, and you just get it done. And you just have three games. It's it's crazy. It's insane. But uh, that was something that, you know, we thought maybe they'll do that because uh, if a whole series gets canceled because of COVID for whatever reason, uh, we had games early this season. We had some teams that had played 12 or 13. And I think Miami was the best team in baseball because they were four and one. And, you know, Miami fizzled out and they did exactly what Miami was going to do. We, we, we knew what they we, we knew what they were, and we didn't think they were going to keep playing 800 baseball. They kind of leveled out, and they ended up being just a little bit over 500, but they made the playoffs. It's crazy that both the teams hit the hardest with COVID ended up getting in because the, the Cardinals missed several games, I think like 12 or so, and you know, double header after double header. And I don't know if they'll do triple headers, but they could do scheduled double headers, which I guess they used to do back in the day. And you could probably shave a week or so of the season off that way. But um, my thoughts on this is I would like the, the, you know, the five teams on each side as well. Go back to the way it has been since 2012. Um, just look at it. Well, let me also say before I do a mini rant here, before the COVID hit, Manfred was talking about having seven on each side. So just one less on each side than what we have right now with the best overall team with the best record. In this case, it would have been the Rays. They would have got a buy. And then the other six would have played each other with the next three highest ranking teams getting to pick their opponents. So second overall would have the first pick of who they wanted to play. Then the, you know, then third overall would get to pick, you know, who they got to play. And then the two leftover teams would end up playing each other. I hated that. I don't think that would be much different than what we have right now. Um, they could go to like an NFL style where you have two teams getting buys in each league with, two wild card games maybe that's what ends up happening i just don't want to see it and go back to just last year's postseason when it was a regular format the twins when they were matched up against the yankees we all knew the twins were gonna be bounced in three games and that was gonna be it and that's exactly what happened and the twins were a 100 win baseball team and they had the best offense in the league, but because they had no pitching, they got bounced. So I just, you look at Houston right now, do you think that whole market is thumping their chests saying, all right, here we go, World Series, or do they know they're screwed because they have no pitching? Because I think it's the latter. You know, I'm trying to, who else do we have here? The Blue Jays, they have to feel like they're underdogs. They probably feel, you know, you know better than Houston does but but these teams most of these fan bases are smart enough to know 
they don't really have a chance. So they're not going to be engaged. So why dilute the product? I just, I, I don't get it. And I mentioned earlier, on the other side of the bracket, you have the Brewers. And they are three or four games under 500. And if they somehow, by hook or by crook, beat the Dodgers, that's that would be like winning the World Series to me. To have Rob Manfred be incredibly embarrassed by the fact that that market isn't going to go deeper into the playoffs to boost his precious ratings. And then if we're all correct with Cleveland beating New York, another huge blow. Now New York's not in the you know going to go deep. LA doesn't. I just I always root for this stuff to blow up in Rob Manfred's face and he just continues to fix this sport until it breaks. And Aaron and I are big NASCAR fans. That sport's broken. Even before COVID, those those grandstands at the racetracks were probably 25 to 35% full. And their ratings are down. I don't know how many times this year I've gone on to one of their sites that releases the, the ratings because they do it every week. And so many races this year have been the lowest since 2001 when they started keeping track of this, when NASCAR started keeping track of it. They fixed that sport until it broke, and I think Rob Manfred's going to do the same. He's a very unpopular commissioner, and I just I hope we go back to, to just 10 teams. I don't think it'll happen, but, but if some wonky stuff happens, maybe we'll have a chance. So that's my little... Manfred rant for this episode. Uh, any final thoughts before we do wrap? Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. I'm kind of disappointed we didn't agree on anything. Um, didn't disagree. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, no, no, no that, that was my sarcasm. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, I uh, uh, sorry, it's hard to read sarcasm over, over one of these things. I, um, I think that most baseball fans, though, they're going to hear this and they're going to be like, oh, well, they're obviously not going to pick Houston. Oh, they're definitely not going to pick, uh, you know, New York. Not because they're Red Sox fans, but because I think they're just, you know, using logic. Um, but I, I, just the sentiment that it's like, okay, yeah, we want to pick them and we want to pick, we're going to pick this team to face the next time in the playoffs. It's like, great, so awesome. Then you're going to see, you know, the, the last team have to get stuck with another team, you know, it's, it's just like, what is this like second grade at recess? Like, what is this? That would be just so dumb to see that, you know, how embarrassing would it be to see the top team pick the last one and then end up getting knocked out by that, you know, get knocked out by said team. Oh, right. well, we, we were thinking about picking them, but you know, we couldn't do that. Just eliminate that BS. Don't, don't keep changing the sport, and 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 you you have a great point there, Terry. You know, like sometimes too much change is, is bad, and 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 just keeping some things the same way is just it's just perfect the way it is. If you don't like it, turn off the TV. You know, there are generations of fans that love this sport the way it is, and you keep tweaking and changing and altering and doing all sorts of crazy stuff, you're going to lose too many fans. They just. Don't don't tamper. Don't tinker too much. Absolutely. Aaron, final thoughts? Yeah, I've I've hated Rob Manford from the beginning, and it's 
why fix something that's not broken? This, the three batter rule is one of my least favorite things ever. I, I'm a purist. I know most people wouldn't agree, but I don't like seven inning double headers. I can't hate a rule possibly any more than I hate the extra innings rule. And it's just things that I hope don't stay. And I kind think... of a side note, uh, I know you mentioned the Brewers and how bad that would be. If the Brewers actually find a way to win, Dave Roberts has to be fired finally. (laughs) There was a lot of talk of that after last season, but yeah, and it it could happen. I mean, he got an extension, but that doesn't really mean much in baseball. We've seen managers still get fired. Yeah, let me make this point about Rob Manfred, and before I actually get specifically to that, there are some things in this sport where the younger demographic wants something that the older demographic doesn't. Um, For instance, the younger demographic is very forgiving to the steroid generation and, and putting them into the hall of fame. The older demographic, a little more hardcore, don't let them in. Um, juice baseballs, the younger demographic might like that better than the older demographic. And so you kind of have some division, you know, between young and old, but when it comes to firing Rob Manfred, it's across the board. Everybody hates that guy. It doesn't matter how old, how young they are, what walk of life they come from. Everybody hates Rob Manfred and there's a multitude of reasons for which they do. So I just, when the the labor negotiations start after next season, there may or may not be a strike for the 2022 season. Manfred wasn't good all summer long negotiating a lot of the terms, you know, for this year's season, you know, number of games, what the salaries would be. I hope that the owners see that he's not a competent commissioner and then, you know, because they're the ones who vote to see if he'll, he'll get another term and I hope they go with someone else and that'll be when it happens. If he's still around in 2023, he's probably going to be around for at least another five or six years beyond that. So, um, So we'll just, we'll see how it goes, but we'll wrap on that. Charlie, I'll see you tomorrow night with the, uh, with Jason and we'll cover the national league side, which might be a little more interesting. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, man. Yeah. Aaron. Great. Great to have you on too, bud. I appreciate always. I I always love being on guys. Good time. Yeah. And we'll be back uh, Friday night as well to, talk about what the hell did happen uh you know in these four series and then we'll um you know we'll preview the the divisional rounds as well so take it easy guys take care guys be well al wild card preview show in the books games do start tomorrow so we'll uh i'll definitely be watching with a lot of interest the yankees cleveland game is the later of the games uh, in the primetime slot. So we'll all be able to get to watch that one. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you continue to do so throughout the remainder of the month. Take care.